Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to gather in your name, Lord. Lord, in the house of God, Lord, with like-minded believers, God. And Lord, we pray even for those, Lord, that, that may not know you this morning. Just come, Lord, that they might get to know you, Lord, and be able to accept you as Lord and Savior, Lord. We pray right now, Lord, that we will receive everything that you have for us, Lord. We thank you for the worship. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the singers, the musicians, Lord. We thank you, hallelujah, Lord, for the ushers and the greeters, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for each and every one that's on their post this morning. So help us, Lord, to enter in into your presence. And now, Lord, help us to bring our focus unto you, God. And be ready to receive your word, Lord. Let our hearts be open. Let our minds be open. But above all, let us receive from the spirit realm that we might be strengthened there, Lord, to bring all other things in order. We give you praise, glory, and honor right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Prepare to move into the word. Hallelujah. And release our children to their classes. Hallelujah. Thank Elder Kim, amen, for the exhortation on our giving this morning. Hallelujah. We learn. Be true, be real, be honest before God. Where we are, what's going on, what's happening. Hallelujah. Thank God for our teachers. And all our young people, amen, as they go to their classes. Settle down, situated. Hallelujah. Thank God to move on up if you like. Plenty more room now. Thank you about the practice half the church is our young people. Thank God for young people. You know, there's too many churches you go to and there ain't no young people. Amen. But we got young people in there. We want to we wanna grow them, amen, so they can move in their places and their positions in God. Amen. So we thank God. But we got to invest in them. Amen. We got to take the time out. Amen. I just sit up, tell them to sit down and be quiet. Don't disturb us. Amen. We need to pour into them. Amen. They can then, later on, they can be the ones preaching to us. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, but as I was preparing, readying myself this morning, amen, and just meditating, even before I got to the reading this morning, you know, Lord, Pull the switcheroo on me. Preparing, planning, whole other message, but this morning he changed up on me. I said, okay, God. Because he can do that. Lord, I said, okay, God. Lord, he just began to deal with my heart in a whole other area. Maybe it's because of the season that we're in, you know, in the body of Christ. Amen. What's going on as we're Approaching the Easter season, you know, we're, what, three weeks away from Easter? Amen. We're already, you know, well into the season of Lent, amen, and, you know, just thinking about all those things going on, and, you know, but he really began to deal with me, amen, this morning, and the thing that he dropped in my spirit again, it's all because of the cross, amen, and sometimes we... We get to dealing and talking and working on every other thing, amen, and we 
seven points here and six points there, and, you know, and how we can do this and how we can do that. And sometimes we begin to forget about when we really begin to dig into Scripture, we look at the Bible, amen, and how everything before Calvary was pointing to the cross, and everything now, amen, points back at the cross. At the cross, the cross, that cross made all the difference in the world. Amen. If it had not been for Jesus going to the cross, where would we be? What would we have? What would it all really matter? if it wasn't for the cross. You know, so I thank God for the cross this morning. How about you? You know, we think about the cross, amen, as simple as it is, the cross really, you know, the meaning of it and what it represented was, first of all, death. We don't like to talk about death in the church. But if it had not been for that death, we wouldn't have eternal life. Amen? So out of death, Amen, has come life. But when you think about the cross, amen, from about the 6th century B.C. to about the 4th century A.D., it was the instrument of execution. Amen, see, we got, Joe made these beautiful crosses in here, amen. Raise your hand, Joe. Wave your hand so they know who, who did that great work, amen. He made this one over here, amen, and this one. And we look at the cross nice and smooth and slacked, you know, there, and, you know, decorative. Amen. It's something you know we look at, but the cross that Jesus went to wasn't like that. You know, the cross that was bloody, the cross that was rugged. You know, and some of the, the depictions that we see, even through Hollywood, Amen. And we see how rough it was that they would raise it up and lower it into the hole, or they would hoist them up, Amen. And I can imagine that cross; it probably didn't use more than one before he got to it. Amen. So it's it's a rough thing to think about the cross and the splinters and the, the agony and the pain that the cross really represents. You like comfortable seats and you know, nice music and well pressed clothes. The cross. I'd be very long with you this morning. I just want to help us to understand the, the cross and what he did for us. That we could even be able to be in relationship with God. The torture, the pain, amen, all those things that he felt, amen, crucifying, crucifying, tying them, nailing them to a wooden cross, amen. And sometimes the death would take days, you know, but because of the Passover and things coming, you know, pretty much would break his leg, but the Lord said, no, I'm not going to let that happen, you know, so we, we think about agony, I just want you to, just in your own mind, you know, just just a picture of that cross, amen, even if you've seen the, you know, Mel Gibson's rendition in the Passion of the Christ, you know, and how Glory that was, and just begin to imagine that it was even worse. You know, and, and Isaiah talks about how they plucked the hair out of his face, plucked the beard out of his face. The things that he went through for you and for me. Amen. A slow 
excruciating death. And even the word excruciating literally means out of crucifying. Anybody ever had an excruciating headache before? You know, excruciating pain in your back. But, but this is a place, amen, that he suffered. And think about it. For you and for me. Hallelujah. The thing that he took on, amen, is knowing that, you know, can you imagine? We don't like pain. Anybody here like pain? Any any buttons for punishment? We don't like pain, but can you imagine knowing how many times that Jesus told him, my hour has not come. But knowing, you know, what he was purposed for, knowing year after year that it's, it's drawing closer. And See, we, we've gone through things that we didn't know were coming. Amen, until we were right there, and then we had to deal with it. Because if we'd have known it was coming, we'd have probably ran a whole other way. We'd have probably ducked out. If you knew you was going to go through so much hell in your marriage, you probably wouldn't have got married at that time. Hello. If you knew you was going to get in an accident, you wouldn't even left your house that day. See if, we, see, if we know trouble's coming, we do everything we possibly can to avoid it, to alleviate it, to minimize it. But think about the fact that Christ knew why he was here where he was heading. And he didn't even try to change course. And even we recognized that as the hour got close, he prayed. And he said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But even then, what did he say? Not my will, but thy will be done. And he willingly suffered on that cross. And we have a tendency. And when I say we, I'm not just talking about us in here living. I'm talking about the church at large. You know, first and foremost, we have a way of negating that and forgetting what it really took for us to have the opportunity and the privilege to clap our hands and to call on the name of the Lord in air conditioning or in heat and comfort without fear of attack or retribution. He did all that for us so that we can live a comfortable life and be ready to go to heaven without really putting a whole lot of work and effort into it. Does that sound fair? Does that sound right? It don't even make sense. But it's also true, amen, the cross, what does the cross represent? It represents the intersection of God's love and justice. Justice. Someone had to pay the cost for sin. Justice had to be satisfied. But love says it stops here if we were just to say. You know, and it's, it's, it's amazing to me how many people yet have not accepted that love, that that opportunity, amen, to have the weight of sin 
the weight of judgment taken off of them just by accepting the love that's been offered to us by Christ. Let's look at John 1 and 29. Yep, Holy Spirit. Jesus came to John, and this is what John said. He said, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. It would be nice if he just came down and said, okay, I received the sin, I'm gone. You know, just like, you know, drive by, you know, go through a drive-thru and give it to me, keep on going. No, it wasn't that easy. He had to come, amen, he had to deal with all the stuff. He had to go through, amen, growing up in, in this world, amen, and suffering all the things that he suffered, amen. Holding his peace, even at 12, amen, knowing his purpose as he talked to the, the doctors and the scribes, everybody in the temple while his parents thought he was with the company going back home. They went back and found him and said, why have you done this to us? And he said, why are you looking for me anywhere else? If I can like paraphrase, didn't you know I would be about my father's business? Even at the age of 12, he knew he was here to be about his father's business. It wasn't about everything else and anything else. He was not distracted. But he still he had to wait till he got to the age of 30 to enter into his ministry based on the custom. Amen. And the law. So, But when he did that, he was all about the business. All about the business of, of doing what he came here to do. And he came here to go to the cross. To be a sacrifice. For you. And for me, amen? Think about amen and the cross, amen. Him being the Lamb of God, amen, pointing to the, the, the Jewish Passover, amen, that's spoken about in Exodus 12, the Passover, amen, when they were commanded to take the Lamb and strike the doorpost because why? The death angel was coming. They would strike the doorpost and then die. That actually formed same thing, amen, that Jesus did for us, symbolizing, amen, even as we, we come closer and closer here in three weeks to celebrate, amen, Resurrection Sunday, amen, which is actually directly connected to that same passage, amen, because, because of the cross, because of us accepting what was done on the cross, amen, he passes over our sins, he forgives our sins, it negates that weight that would have been upon us, Amen. Because of what Christ did for us. You know, we talked about, we, we, you know, today the custom is Easter. Easter Sunday. You know, I know Easter existed before Christ was put upon the earth. Catholic Church just kind of married the two together. And tradition has put it all together. That's why we need to realize and remember, it's really not Easter Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday. And we need to learn to teach our children it's all about what was done on the cross. Amen. And this is why he needed to be resurrected. Amen. Because of that sacrifice. See, if we, we let all the things distract us, we'll miss the real picture. We'll miss the truth. We'll miss what's really going on. Easter was all about a fertility God. Google it. 
will find out even the Easter egg, the bunny was the symbol for the fertility god. Y'all know how quickly bunnies proliferate? <laughs> if I could say it like that. The egg, fertility. Then it's Resurrection Sunday. Don't be distracted. Don't be deceived, amen, that we just cruise right along and we miss out on what is so important to us, amen. He didn't come that we might have a good house. And, oh, Pops may be messing up now. He didn't come to make sure we had the, the latest model car. Amen. He didn't come worried about us living debt-free financially. He wanted us to be debt-free spiritually. That's why he came to pay a debt that we couldn't pay. Take a cost that we couldn't handle. Amen. By going to the cross. Amen. So that now, because of that blood, amen, the life that came out of his blood that we might be able to enjoy and be able to move into a place, amen, that now because we're covered by his blood, amen, that we can live in safety. But everybody don't want to hear that. Go First Corinthians 1 and 17 and 18. We got to get back to the cross. Amen. We got to keep the cross in our view. You know, I often, you know, when I'm dealing with issues, amen, Lord, keep me near the cross. Keep my mind, keep my focus on the cross. And it says in 1 Corinthians 1 and 17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. And we, there's a lot of articulate people out there. And we even do, but if we don't keep the cross mixed in the message, the message begins to lose its, its flavor. Begins to lose its power because the power comes from the cross. Amen. Because this goes on. The 18th verse says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. We have to continue to to preach the cross, preaching the cross, amen. How does it connect to the cross? How does it get us out of the place that we are? If we realize, see, sometimes we're, we're complaining about so many different things, amen, but if we really stop and realize the sacrifice that was made, amen, so that we could be in relationship with him, so that we could be saved, that we could be delivered, we could be brought out, amen, we wouldn't complain so much. Compare all of our suffering to what Christ did for us. It's not a popular message today. Amen. In fact, it's losing its popularity more and more and more because people don't want to hear about that. They want to, you know, the church, amen, the messages are changing, amen, from where it used to be. You know, we used to talk about the, that's a hellfire and brimstone preachers. Now we got seeker friends. I call it no names, but I'm trying to help us to see, amen, we got to check, amen, church denominations moving away from, you know, preaching about hell, you know, now we're getting to the place, amen, now the message of salvation is more connected with good works and 
social activism, inclusion and acceptance. Can't we all just get along? Everybody can understand. That was it was that easy. Jesus wouldn't have had to go to the cross. To make a separation, to make a difference, to destroy the works of darkness, the bloody, gory. His blood, amen, what he did, amen. So we need to be ready to hear about the things that Christ went through. We need to remind ourselves sometimes, amen, while we're living such a convenient life, uh, you know, everything is going smooth our way, what it took, amen, for us to be able to say, thank you, Jesus, I'm saved, I'm baptized, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm a child of God. What did it take for us to be able to make those declarations, amen, and, and feel free from our sin, amen, and walk in a place where we're forgiven. Do we take it for granted? Do we crucify him afresh? Do we throw it back in his face because he's not giving us everything else we want? Oh, I know y'all going to shout this moment. But when we stop and think about all that he went through, we don't want to preach a bloodless message. We don't want to preach a message, amen, that only makes us feel comfortable. You know, the church wasn't designed to make us comfortable. Amen. The institution of the church is designed to challenge us, to grow us, amen, to help us to really come to grips with what this life is all about. If that is no more I, it's not my life anymore, amen. But we live a life in Christ now. Amen. We live in, in a way, amen, that magnifies and glorifies him. But instead of that, we like the messages that says, I'm okay, you're okay. Everybody's okay. But guess what? That's not okay. Because it's not true. Amen. Just as Elder Kim, when she was exhorting, did very well this morning, amen, you know, we still got issues. And we got to be ready to confront those issues and face those issues and surrender those issues to God, amen, so now he can continue to grow us. He can still work on us, amen. But if we get to the place where we think I'm good, amen, you know, too many times when people think they're good, they think they don't need God. But only it's, it's in those hard places when people begin to help me, Jesus. They begin to call on him, amen, when things are not going right. But when things are going right, are we quick to say, help me, Jesus? Are we quick to say, thank you, Jesus? Check ourselves. Remember the cross. Mm. We've got to take the stand, amen. I know I have. 
take the stand, amen, uh, Apostle Paul, amen, he took all those years ago, amen, reminding them, amen, that we need to get back to the cross. We need to remember the cross. We need to continue to focus on the cross of Calvary. The preaching of the cross, amen, is what saves. Amen. And when it all comes down to it, that's the number one thing we need. Salvation. Amen. How many people have lost their salvation chasing after other things? I gave my life to Christ. Now I need him to give me some help. I need him to help me out. I need him to, to move in the direction I want him to move. Mm, no, 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 After that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The Jews, for the Jews, required a sign. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block. You don't want to hear that. And unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them that which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. See, when we get past all the other things, amen, the foolishness, amen, the, the stumbling block, because he couldn't be our Messiah. Foolishness, because it don't take all that. Yeah, but it took that and more. It takes us humbling ourselves and, and really recognizing that we need him every day and we cannot get to a place, amen, that we feel like we have arrived. It's, none of us have arrived yet. We're still battling. We're still, you know, we, we looked at it even on Saturday night as we were here with the men, amen, and we're talking about some of those things. The, the good that I would, I mean, that, that warfare between the flesh and the spirit, does anybody know it still goes on? Is anybody in this room possibly maybe still experiencing that warfare between the flesh and the spirit? And the minute you get your mind off of God, the enemy starts to take control. The minute you stop thinking and remembering the cross, the more he begins to encroach and take authority. Because when you stop remembering the cross, when you stop remembering everything that God has done for us and where he's brought us from, the world starts to begin to look real good again. And we got to recognize it's all deception. Oh, yeah, the Bible tells us we got to occupy. we got to be it, but we got to think about how am I occupying? What am I doing? Am I remembering him? Am I making myself available to him? Am I doing the work? Remember Jesus at 12 years old? I have to be about my father's business. And we said we accepted him as our heavenly father, but are we being about his business? Are we still being about our business? Mm. Help us, Lord. 
Do I even think, okay, why are you going there? Even this afternoon, if you say, okay, we're going to go into the nursing home. Somebody say, I ain't got time for that. I'll just be real. I know it's in the room. I ain't going going to see no old people. I got my food on. I my program, my show, my time, my, my, my. Ain't got time to be about his business. He said, when did you visit me? When you visited the poor, when you visited the sick, you visited me. I ain't got time to do all. I ain't got, see, we, we, we don't stop and realize what he did for us and ask ourselves, what am I doing for him? How am I making myself available to him? Are you so self wrapped up in your own life, in your own doing, that you don't have time to do nothing for God. But he went to the cross to save you. We don't have time for that. I want us to really understand the importance of remembering the sacrifice. So I wasn't there, I didn't see it. Isn't that true? He did it for you. And sometimes we can get so Wrapped up in ourselves. Narcissist. All about me. It's going to be a long, painful situation if we don't stop and regroup and thank him for the sacrifice. This life is short-lived. And when we stop and think about all the things he did for us. I just want to show us some things, amen. He was, he didn't just go to the cross and was all hunky-dory, good. He suffered for me. He suffered for you. You know, when we think about, you know, I was looking at all kinds of things, amen. We look at destruction, the loss of loved ones. You know, I was looking at one thing, amen, back in 1988, there was an earthquake in, in Russia, Armenia. And, and what happened was in four minutes, four minutes, over 30,000 people lost their lives. And over 130,000 others were injured. And digging out the rubble, trying to hoping to find something still alive to save him from the pit. There was one man whose son was at school and he couldn't even drive to the school because the streets were totally devastated. And by the time he got there, he climbed up on the pile of rubble and trying to find his son, trying to find his son. And I began to think about how we would feel if that was our child. And what we would be willing to do, amen, to reach that child, to make sure that child was okay, to make sure that child was safe. There's not a parent in here, I believe, that wouldn't be willing to give their right arm to save their child's life in this situation. Whatever it would take. And that's just us as a human being. And when Christ thinks about what we're facing without him, what he was willing to do, he was willing to come all the way down. And I said, Christ, well, we're still talking about God and go on the cross for us to save us from a destruction we don't even see coming. 
Don't even realize how devastating it will be. But he was able to do it for us. And he suffered. Look at Matthew 27 and verse number 26. Two things in this verse I want to point out. They then released he Barabbas unto them. You know, they said, crucify him and give us, you know, let Barabbas go, but crucify Christ. He said, then released he Barabbas unto them. And when they had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Now, in other words, give us the murderer. Give us the one, amen, that ain't going to do us no good. Barabbas represented all the, the stuff in the world, unrighteousness. He said, give us all that, but when it comes to Jesus, we'll beat him, we'll scourge him, and we'll crucify him. And that's what sometimes we do. We put all these other things ahead of him, amen. We're, we're saying, I'd rather have Barabbas. I know he's a murderer. I know he's a liar. I know he's not going to do me any good, but give me Barabbas, and I'll crucify Jesus. I don't need all that. Amen? Down in verse number 30, that same chapter, it said, And they sped upon him and took a reed and smote him on the head. This is what he's going through for us. This is before he ain't got to the cross yet. They spit in his face. Beat him upside the head with a reed. He's, on, he's still on the way to the cross. And all the time he's not saying a mumbling word. Now that there. That right there. Think about it. You let someone hit you upside the head with a reed to spit in your face and you're not going to say nothing? I don't think there's too many in here that would be to have that kind of self-control. And he's going through it, not because he did something wrong, but because he's doing something right. And he didn't say a word while they're mistreating him, beating him, spitting on him. Verse 26. Back up here for me. Oh, you read that one. The 27, it goes on to say what? Then the soldiers and the governors took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And put a crown of thorns, and and they, and when they had planted a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and the reed in his right hand, mocking him. Wow, I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. So I want us to hear. Put a crown on his head, a little fake reed instead of, you know, a scepter. Mocking him. First they stripped him naked. robe upon him. Hello. Mm. Hail. King of the Jews. 
35. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, that they parted his garments among them, and upon his vesture did they cast lots, gambling for his clothes. Thirty-eight, and when and then and then there were two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. They mocked him. They spat on him. Put the crown of thorns on his head. In other words, they abused him, badly, mistreated him. Silent, the scripture says, the lamb led to the slaughter. And it causes me to stop and think about, wow, we're abusing him. Abusing his love. Abusing the sacrifice that he's made for us. And we're putting him back on the cross. And even then, not saying a word. Because it's our choice. We can accept what he did, or we can put him back on the cross and say, that was not good enough for me to turn to accept. That was not good enough. You need to do something else for me. You need to do more for me. You need to change this for me. You need to Peter, oh Jesus, are we that that kind of people that we forget the cross of Christ, Amen, and everything that He's done for us? But yet we know the Word for the most part. Not thank God for everything He's done. All I can say is receive his grace with all your heart. Because we can all, we all must check our hearts. We must check our living. Amen. We must check how much we really believe what Christ has done for us. Amen. And how much we're willing to disregard what he's done for us. Or how much we're willing to regard what he's done for us. And say, Lord, I am appreciative. And not just by my words, not just by my attendance in Sunday service, but by my living, by my availability to you, by my actions, by my thoughts. It was because of the cross. It was because of that we have every opportunity that we have. That cross, amen, that, that saved us, amen, out of situations and circumstances that, you know, as we said on, on it, who was, I think it was Elder Otis to remind us about the passage that said, you know, he, he, he delivers us from danger seen and unseen. 
Some things you don't even know God got you through. You don't even know he protected you from. But yet he did. And even as I look back, and I'm sure you can do the same thing, before I gave my life to God, and I begin to think about situations and circumstances where I knew I should have been hurt. I could have been killed. I should have been thrown in jail. But he delivered me. He protected me. Because he knows the plans and the purpose that he has for each and every one of us. Amen. So oh, he's already not just went to the cross, but he's still working and moving on our behalf. Amen. And because we as a people, as human beings, have a tendency, amen, to be self-centered, we can forget so quickly, amen, what the bigger picture really is all about. I have to remind us to remember the cross. As we go through, as we make our choices, as we make our decisions, as we say what we will and we won't do, who we will listen to and who we won't listen to. Oh, I know I'm talking to adults, but we all the children of God. Thank you, Peter. We all have the opportunity. The scripture doesn't know for as many as it was accept him or receive him, gave he the power to become You know, and that means that sometimes daddy going to chastise us. He's going to come to get our attention, amen. He's going to come to shake us and help us to understand what it means to be a child of God. To realign and readjust our thoughts and our focus. Because the scripture also lets us know any child that don't receive chastisement is an illegitimate child. You know what that word is? We don't like to get a word. King James says the word, that's a bastard. Fatherless child. I don't want him to be my father. I want to do my own thing. I want to be my own judge. That's kind of dangerous. If I might go so far as to say that's kind of stupid. <laughs> you know what? God loves us all. Saved and unsaved, he loves us all. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. They, they, all they, all they, saved and unsaved, Jews, Muslims, Christians, he loves us all. Yes, he does. And he is no respecter of persons. But he's also a just God. He's a righteous God, and his word tells us that no sin will enter in. And it's not what I call or I judge sin. I don't have a heaven and hell to put nobody in. I'm doing everything I can to get into heaven myself. How about you? I want to be right. i gotta, I got to live according to the same rules. I don't have no free pass because I've been called the, the pastor of the church. They're going to be pastors in hell. I don't want to be one of them. We got to get us to an understanding. When it comes to the cross, we all stand on level ground. When it comes to the cross, amen, there is no 
favoritism. When it comes to the cross, the mercy has already been meted out. We've got to decide if we're going to accept it or reject it. And that's not just making a one-time decision. We've got to make that decision every day. Every day. I've got to make my mind up every day, amen. When things try to come against me, I've got to make up my mind every day. How am I going to respond? And like I told the men on Saturday, I said, you know, after you do it long enough, you get automatic right responses. But that don't mean that a wrong one can't pop up when the enemy comes in a certain way. He know how to come against every single one of us. Huh? And as we get to a place to realize, you know what? We need God. I said we need God. And all the stuff, all the things, amen, we need to be ready to stand. And everything that he went through, go to Luke 22 with me. All the stuff that he went through, all the, 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 the suffering and the mistreatment and all those things that he had to deal with. Mm. Hallelujah. Luke 22, 41. I know I told you that, but he says, and he was with drawn from them about a stone's cast. Those disciples were afraid with them for a while. It said, and kneeled down and prayed. It said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Can you imagine how different we might be if we lived every moment of our life like that? Not my will, but thine be done. But a lot of times we push his will out the way because we're going to do our will. But when that test or that challenge or that, that, that temptation Comes, amen. That well, let me say it like this, because sometimes it's not even so much a temptation; it's a desire. Do we say, "Not my will, not my desire, but yours be done"? And we live a sacrificial life because we have a sacrificed Savior that has made a way for us. Or, or, or are we looking at it from that vantage point, amen? Oh no, we. I'm not drinking the cup. I'm not playing that. I'm going to do me. Okay. Do you? God's going to do you. I'm not trying to be funny. Galatians 2.20. This is where we this is where we need to, to come down to it, amen. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. In other words, I'm still breathing. I'm still functioning. I'm still alive. But yet it's not me, amen. But he said, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me 
and gave himself for me. In other words, he said, I've surrendered my life. I've given my life. It might not be everything I want it to be, but I want it to be what God wants it to be. And thereby, he can get the glory out of it. Sometimes we, we're, we're delaying the inevitable. What do you mean by that? Some things you're going to go through. And see, you know, I, I talk to people and I tell them all the time, you know, when, you, when you're going through situations in life, none of it surprises God. He knew for you knew what was coming. You've been handpicked for your trouble. I said all the time, we would take every problem in this room and put them in a big old basket. And you just, everybody just pull one out at random. You'd be looking for the one that got yours real quick. Because it's custom designed for you. But also, in your trouble and through your trouble, he has an answer as you go through it. It's that tunnel of chaos. You got to go in, but you got to go through in order to come out. But a lot of us, we won't go through. We keep resisting what God has allowed to come in our lives. And we stay at the, at the, at the entrance or halfway through which, where it's uncomfortable. But if you were just surrendering, you and say, okay, God, I'm just going to go through this. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to be faithful. And let him bring you through. You don't know what's waiting on the other end. We're struggling in the middle, wondering this is as good as it gets. No, it's not. Just stop being resistant. Stop being rebellious. And just go ahead and trust God and let him bring you out. Because he didn't go to the cross not to bring you out. He didn't go to the cross, amen, not to, to bring deliverance into your circumstance so that now you've got a testimony. But in other words, you can't get to the testimony until you get through the test. Ain't you so glad, amen, that, you know, in the natural, amen, most, most major tests, they got a time frame. They gotta, you gotta, they're going to make sure, okay, you got 20 minutes or you got an hour, amen? And, and then you got people proctoring to make sure you ain't cheating. Hello. You know, but see, God says, okay, this is your test. Now, you can go through it this way. You can go through it with me, or you can go into it by yourself. And a lot of times we go into it by ourselves, and we get stuck in it. You say, and sometimes, you know, I can just imagine God peeping and saying, how long are you going to stay in there? When you, when you going to invite me in? When you going to say, help, Lord? He went to the cross to help. He went to the cross to, to, to work in you. You know, even as we were looking at the passage in Philippians, amen, it's to, it's to work these things in you of his good will. And sometimes when he's working good, don't feel good. Somebody hear what I'm talking about. It's getting to that place that we say, yes, Lord. I surrender. Matthew 16. I'm almost done. Matthew 16. Amen. The 24th verse. It's not going to be a popular verse either. Didn't I get one verse to make a change? 24 says this. Then Jesus said unto his disciples. We got any disciples in here? Amen. What's a disciple? Someone living according to the disciplines of Christ. Discipline. Discipline. Oh, wow. 
He said, if any man come after me, let him love himself. Is that what he said? No, it said, let him deny himself and take up his cross, his suffering, all right, and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Too many people trying to find their life without him. And in the process, they're losing. Because they're not doing it with God. Oh yeah, misery loves company, but I don't like being miserable, so I don't want that kind of company. We got to get to a place, y'all. Amen. That if we're going to be followers of Christ, let's do it all Imagine if Jesus just went halfway to the cross, you know, just got, you know, got up to Golgotha. He done got to, he done got to the garden. He said, "Not my will, but Thy will be done." You know, he done drug that cross up there with them, some help from Simeon. You know, and then when it come time for him to, you know, they, they say, "Okay, lay down so we can." Lay. No, I'm no, I, I, this far and no further. You know, he was still. He still had the power. I mean, if he could just say, I am he, and they all fell as dead men in the garden. Hello. He could have got to that point where they said, okay, it's time. Let me tell you. I done been through enough. Don't we feel like that sometimes? I done been through enough. But he didn't stop there. He crawled onto that cross. I can just imagine in my mind him literally crawling on that cross because he had been beaten so bad and so bloody. He'd already received 40 stripes, lashed or saved in his hand. His flesh was ripped from his bones. Had a crown of thorns pressed in his head. Didn't have the strength to get all of the hill. That's why they had to get Simeon here. And I can just see him crawling on that cross blood running all over him. You ever have blood get in your eye and burn? And you see him crawl on that cross, barely able to roll over and lay flat on that hard piece of wood and to feel the spikes going into his hand. Still not saying a word. Feel him yanking his body and straightening him up to put a single spike through both of his feet. Still not saying a word. But all the time he's going through this, he's thinking about you. He's thinking about you. And he's willing to do it. Bible talks about he was obedient all the way to the death of the cross. Now here's the thing that gets me. For the joy that was set before him. Now I don't know about you, 
But I can't even begin to imagine going through all of that, thinking of seeing it as joy. I don't care how much joy you offer me after the fact. Hello? But he endured that bloody cross for the joy. What was the joy that was set before him? It was you and I. A relationship. Our salvation. The joy that was set before him that gave him the strength to endure what a natural man normally would not be able to endure. It's because of the cross. And we can't allow ourselves to forget the cross. Philippians 2 and 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Woo! Goodness. He humbled himself. Now, it wasn't because Christ was prideful that he had to humble himself. It was because he had the power and the authority to resist anything they wanted to do to him. And he humbled himself. He restrained himself. And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wow. Obedience unto death. Can we become, humble ourselves? Oh, you got the power to go and do everything you want to do. But can we restrain ourselves? Can we humble ourselves and become obedient to his word? That's an easy trade-off to me between the two. It's an easy trade-off. He did it on the cross. We ought to do it because of the cross. All because. That we're able to be called the sons and daughters of the Most High God. It's because of the cross, amen, that we're not condemned to, a, as the scripture says, a devil came. The Bible also tells me that hell has enlarged herself. Now see, that, when I first looked at that, I'm like, well, that's interesting. Why would hell have to enlarge herself? Because hell was designed for the devil and his angels. But hell had to enlarge itself. Wonder why? Can't you begin to imagine why? Apparently there wasn't enough room. It had to enlarge itself to, to receive all those that didn't receive his word. All those that it was not designed for. To make room for the many that were rejected. The many that would not recognize the sacrifice of the cross. The many that would not really give themselves all the way to Christ. It would be crazy. 
to have a death sentence hanging over your head in a court of law. Found guilty. Sentence has already been set. If someone walks in the courtroom and says, I'll do it like you. It would be if we looked at that person, Karen, and said, I don't need your help. I got this. I don't think anyone would do that. But when we reject Christ, that's literally what we do. mad at you anyway. Hello. Now naturally, I don't care if you was mad at that person. You was in the court. You was facing the guy's table and they came in there and said, I know you're mad at me, but I'm going to sacrifice my life. You need to do something. You know, we, we don't have some kind of crazy but Christ given us an opportunity that's greater than any opportunity that you will ever have in your life. Ever. Greater than any money. Greater than any possessions. Any notoriety. Any relationship. Greater than anything that you can imagine. He has made it available to This is the thing that gets crazy. Is that we'll reject that opportunity for things that will help us. For things that we really, really can't count on. Things that, as the scripture said, we'll burn up with the use. Don't make the wrong choice. Don't be stupid. Don't be soon to forget to remember the cross. Oh, my God. I just want to remind you this morning. It's because of the cross. It's because of the Satan is defeated. Hmm? It's because of the cross that we have been saved. It's because of the cross that we can receive salvation and healing and deliverance. It's because of that, amen, that we can have peace as we go to and fro. It's because of the cross, amen, that we don't have to be fearful of what life is going to bring, amen, because we know that this life is short-lived. And that we can be able to have peace in the midst of our troubles, in the midst of our trials and circumstances. It's because of what Christ did for us on the cross. And what wouldn't we be willing to give back to him? Even as Elder Kim said, you know, we, we give because we have received. We've received such a great opportunity 
spend eternity with him. And I don't know about, you know, everybody in here, but I do know that when I read the scriptures, amen, and I begin to, to really dissect the word of God and begin to see, even as he talked in the parable to, to the ones that he gave the talents, you know, in Luke he said, this one I'm going to give, you know, ruler over So many places in Scripture, when you begin to look at it, you are not, what he is offering us is, is beyond our imagination. It's not going to heaven just to, to sing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah for eternity. That would get kind of old, wouldn't it? I don't know But when he says he wants us to rule and to reign with him, Peter, that means I got a job to do. Amen. And, and, and the thing I love about it, in heaven there ain't going to be no sin. There ain't going to be all this crazy stuff. So, in, in, well, I, I got to backtrack. In the new earth, I'm not going to have all this stuff. So, it ain't like you got to rule and reign over a bunch of rebellious people because they're all going to be gone. So, in other words, your job going to be pretty easy, Pastor Fred. But he's got a reward for us that far exceeds anything that you can really begin to imagine. I've read a lot of books on, you know, NDEs, the near-death experiences. I've read a lot of books about people who, you know, have, have experienced those things. And the things that they've seen, there are so many correlations and there's so many parallels, amen. And the things that they begin to talk about, it just begins to boggle my mind. And I, I start when I'm when I'm reading some of these books, I'm getting excited at a black Bible. I'm, I'm, when they talk about the music, it was not just they heard it; it's like they could just feel the music. There's colors, amen. That they just you can't even use words in our vocabulary, Larry, to to begin to explain the the, the vividness of the color, amen, that they saw. Things you can't begin to imagine. Why would we trade pastels when we're going to have Hello? I mean, I, I, I just can't even begin to help you to see if you just begin to look in the Word and begin to study and research. Here yeah, well, God's going to do an amazing thing. You know, it's, it's going mean, when he talks about the knowledge when they begin to talk and begin to greet different, it's like you're not learning. It's like all of a sudden you have a knowing that's in such a depth that it's amazing. You know, it kind of reminds me of, you know, um, the Matrix. And they needed someone to fly the helicopter. And they just downloaded the program like that. And she got in there like she was doing it all right. Yeah, just... That's why the scriptures say, you know, we might not know, but then we're going to know. And also we are known. We're going to know in such a fullness, in such a vivid detail, because that's how he knows us now. But we're going to know then. Don't trade on him now. Don't let anything pull you out now. Don't let any trouble you face now cause you to jump ship. 
no trouble that he can't handle. But you just got to put it in his hands. Don't you know that the enemy is trying to get you to abort your mission? Don't do it. Don't do it. Remember the cross. If that's if there's anything that can help keep us centered and keep us grounded in all the stuff that comes against us and all the things that we got to go through, just remember the cross. He did it so I wouldn't do it. He did it. So I would win. He did it so that I would have and I could reign and rule with him for eternity. Don't be deceived. Don't get so distracted and focused on other things that you forget the cross. Everything in the scripture in the Old Testament point towards the and we get into the New Testament. Everything in the New Testament is pointing back to the cross. Don't do it. It's all about the cross. What he did, what he made available. And hold on to that. Nothing, absolutely nothing, this world has to offer compared to the cross. Stop chasing the illusion. your eye on the cross. Let's stand.